Did the Cubs just become the bell of the ball of the offseason? We'll touch on the move they just made, as well as break down what it could mean as we head on to hot stove season and free agency, as well as touch on more manager job openings. And free agency is officially here. Who's going to go where and what surprises did we see with the qualifying offer? We're breaking all that down here in Barrels and Barrels, a bourbon and baseball podcast coming up. This is Barrels and Barrels. A bourbon and baseball podcast with your hosts, Brandon Spinner and Michael Burns. Uh, Well, hello and welcome. I am Brandon Spinner alongside that guy, Michael Burns. Below us, Wes Hughes. This is Barrels and Barrels, a bourbon and baseball podcast. We talk high proof and high heat. Thanks for joining us. We are now in the free agency period. The offseason officially began last week, right as we started recording our episode, gentlemen. But now we are literally in hot stove season. Free agency has begun, and we've already seen the biggest shocker, I think, of a move this offseason that no one saw coming. Craig Council, Mikey Burns, he's a cubby. Let's go. I, I don't know if I how like I was so surprised by it because I don't think there was any reports. The Cubs kept it a secret mm-hmm. that I didn't know David Ross is like I wouldn't say his job was even on the line. It's just when opportunity comes, mm-hmm. you take it. If you're if you're if you're real serious about contending, about want wanting to win. Yeah, I, I was blown away. How about you, Brandon? Yeah. Uh oh, I was driving to work and I got a text. <laughs> over the car i've got apple carplay and it says michael burns has sent you a text so i looked down at my phone to see what you had sent and right above you was the tweet from jeff passon and i literally <laughs> outlined said holy shit and then i said <laughs> i guarantee that that's what michael's text is all about uh and then i started freaking out and doing like the mental gymnastics of what just happened like you said it wasn't necessarily david ross's job was on the line it's just when you have a chance to get better, it wasn't that David Ross is bad. It was just that Craig Council is that good, that when you have the opportunity to make your team X amount better, you jump on that opportunity. And as you mentioned, nobody saw this coming because it was very silent. They couldn't even talk to him until November 1st. So they, if, they had to t- if they wanted to talk to him, they would have had to reach out to the Brewers and then everything would have been shut because, of course, the Brewers would be like, yeah, no. So he officially right. became a free agent, and they leapt at it. And uh, Wes, you were just as surprised as all of us. You were like, "This is a joke, right?" Yeah, yeah. You know, it, it kind of felt like the Cubs were walking David Ross out the back door as they were walking Council <laughs> in the front door. You know, it kind of felt like that college scene. You know, I don't know. I, I was in. I was. I didn't think it was real. I legit. You know, as I, you mentioned, I texted in the group like. This is a joke, right? Like this is, burner I don't know. I, I mean, that, that was a tweet from Ben Rosenthal, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Um. Hey, man. It's, hats off to the Cubs. Like, like you said, they saw an opportunity to get what is, you know, arguably the best, one of the best managers in the MLB right now. Um. I don't feel like David Ross did a bad job. I felt like he did good with the cards that he was dealt. Right. It's not exactly mm-hmm. like. The Cubs surrounded him with a lot of talent, you know, um, yeah. and he did a great job with that. I, he'll land on his feet. He'll be fine. Uh, you know, I think he'll get another opportunity. It would not surprise me if he goes somewhere like, I don't know, the Padres. 
Um, yeah, shout, shout out to the Cubs, man, or the Brewers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that would be really funny. They just swap. Yeah, uh, yeah. The uh, as I mentioned already, you leap on an opportunity to make yourself better. And what this tells told me and tells me is that the Cubs will be players here. And as we open up the show, yes. I said, what does this mean for free agency? You're handing out the biggest contract ever for a managerial candidate, $40 million over five years, an average annual salary of $8 million. I think the highest before that was 4.5. So he not only set the market for managers, he like doubled it. And uh, the Cubs went out and they got their guy. They were they outspent the Brewers. I think the Brewers was five point five, from what I've been hearing, was what they're. <laughs> Isn't that super? <laughs> That's hilarious. Uh, if you're watching on YouTube, don't forget to hit that subscribe button below. But you just noticed I did a thumbs up, and a thumbs up uh, bubble just popped up. Um, but uh, yeah, the uh, the Cubs went out and got their guy. They spent the money. They outspent the Mets because. I mean, for all intents and purposes, we all thought it was a fait accompli that he was heading to New York, right? We, Michael yeah. and I even talked about that back when Stern signed with the Mets. So it was a complete surprise that, one, he wasn't going to the Mets. Two, he went to a team that already had a manager. And for us, three, it's that it was the Cubs, a division rival, right? Like an hour south, the team that you've been battling with, since what 2018 is when that rivalry really kicked up when the Brewers started to maybe even 2017, but man. Yeah. Yeah. What this, uh, what this does tell, tell me is that the Cubs are transitioning from a rebuild to a win now type mindset. And that's what makes it so exciting. That's what makes it so much more exciting is that the Cubs aren't looking at another rebuild year. They're looking at a, you know what? Right now, we will, we will throw some money on the table to improve our team, and I, they're setting that bar because I, and I think if they don't throw money this offseason, spend with Jason Hayward coming off the books, other people coming off the books, the Cubs have money to spend, and if they do don't don't do it, and they just kind of middle around and try to find these reclamation projects again, I'll be very disappointed. I think you always have to find some some depth there with the reclamation projects or some of those veteran talents to surround your team with. There's the glue guys, right? Not right. every 26 player on your roster is going to be a blue chip hall of fame caliber. But you player. can't rely right. on those kind of guys. Right. You want to, you yeah. want to surround them. Like you said, surround them, but you not start, have them be your bullpen. Right. You, you start with the head honchos and then you supplement your roster from there. But this really reminds me of when Joe Madden became available in 2014 at the end of the season. No one expected that. There was a quirk in his contract. Now, everybody knew Council was coming to an end in his time in Milwaukee, but no one expected Joe Madden to, to opt out. And then when they did, the Cubs just jumped on the opportunity. And this is a very, because they had Ricky Renteria as the manager after mm-hmm. the season. They said, Ricky will be back until he wasn't. So they made a choice. They made a hard decision, right? This isn't necessarily an easy decision. It's a World Series hero, right? 2016, David Ross was one of the faces of that World Series championship. Home run, game seven, his last step out of his career. They groomed him for this job. They brought him into the front office before they fired Joe Madden. And they were like, yeah, this is basically your job and you're going to have this as long as we want you to have it. 
And then they left on an opportunity to get the best guy out there, or one of the best. I'd say he's top three managers in the league right now with Bruce Bochy probably being number one, but how much longer he's going to be around. He's just already came out of retirement and he's getting older. Uh, he got another World Series, so maybe a couple more years there. But within the next five years, he could very well potentially be the best manager in the game, and they're going to have him in tow. And now it's time to put players on the field for him. Yes. Yes, please. Yeah, and the Cubs have resources that the Brewers just don't. You know, exactly. like that's um I think that's the thing for me. So yeah, I, I'm all for it. I think that the I think Craig Council is a great manager. Um I think it's only a matter of time before he wins a World Series um because I think he does a great job. Mm-hmm. So I'm happy for it. And I you know, I'm happy that that he ended up signing for what he did because when you actually look at what managers make like man some of the some of the rookie guys that are like a year into the league are making more than most managers and that's mm-hmm. that seems that seems a little odd you know yeah yeah well even look at it coming into this week baseball was 6 out of 6 in major sports amongst their coach or manager and theoretically, you could say that this is one of the most grueling seasons that there is to be a manager, right? How many decisions does a manager make opposed to an NFL coach who's only got 17 games? Bill Belichick's making $20 million to coach 17 games. Uh, college football, look at Nick Saban, Dabo yeah, Sweeney. Saban. They, are the most, they are the highest paid employees in the state that they're in. Nick Saban makes more money than any government worker in the state of Alabama, and he's a state employee. Yep. And then you look to college basketball, John Calpari and those kind of names. And then go to hockey. Even hockey had a higher paid coach than the MLB. Yeah, now I the MLB is back on the map. I think John Cooper, you know, with the Lightning, I mean, he was top two or three paid coaches. Yeah. And he was making more than Brian Snicker when I looked. It's like, yeah, that's, in- <laughs> that's insane. Right? Yeah. You know? So good for baseball and the fact that they're now going to be shining – a light on the managers and the managers are going to get what they deserve. I mean, four and a half million dollars. Right. But like, still like you pay the guy what, what he's worth to you. And they finally went out and did it. Uh, and I don't, I don't understand all the hate from the Milwaukee Brewers fans. I think it's more so butter than because the amount of, of people who have been like, Oh, good luck with that playoff record. Oh, he'll get you to the postseason, but won't do anything. He got teams to the playoffs that theoretically, Shouldn't have been there. Right. Yeah. You looked at the yeah. lineup card and they were just mediocre all the way down, really. And he they found their way in. They've averaged like twenty second in payroll for the last ten years. In his nine seasons, I think he took them to the playoffs six times. Won the division three times. Now he didn't no. have a bunch of playoff success, but that's not necessarily him. That's those guys on the field. I think he has Manny Grandal had a big boo-boo against the Dodgers back when he was the catcher for the Brewers. And it's not necessarily the coach. You've got to also look at the players that you have on the field. And if you're just throwing out piecemeal guys, sure. They had a great lineup there when they had Lorenzo Kane, Christian Yelich, but that was really Kane's only good year in Milwaukee was his first year. Um, 
And they didn't even have a great pitching staff at that point, I don't believe, because that was before Woodruff really became Brandon Woodruff and same with Corbin Burns. So you could say that the the time that he has had the best team around him the last couple of years and look at what they've been. Do you think this could be the start of the fall for the Brewers? Now, looking at the, how the, the rest of the NL Central is getting really competitive, the, the Reds are getting competitive, the Cubs are getting competitive. I wouldn't say the Pirates. Are, would you say the Pirates are getting competitive? They're moving towards it. They've got a bunch of good young talent that's coming up, right? If you look at it, that team went, what, 74? I think they were just yeah, – They were they the best were, team in the MLB for the first month, but yeah. fell off we pretty talk, Are we talking baseball in months now? <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> um, but, I mean, if O'Neill Cruz doesn't get hurt, what's mm-hmm. he at? three or four wins. And I believe they what were like 75 and 87 mm-hmm. or something like that. The Cubs were 74 and 88. No, 74 and 88 last year. And they finished above the 500 this past year. So it's not out of the realm of possibility, especially with key Brian Hayes. I think he just won a gold glove, right? Uh, O'Neill crew, the le- left side of that infield, you've got Brian Reynolds locked up. If Mitch Keller continues to improve the way he did this past year, you're looking Paul at the Pirates will team. be there like next year. Yeah. So, so we're, who's who's the bottom of the barrel team then, and the, the central then? It's still <clears> Cardinals the roster possibly? now. Cardinals. Cardinals. Yeah. If yeah. You, that roster so, has so many holes on it. I think that's a great point. So, I don't see anything that is going to make the Cardinals any better. Better. I mean, they certainly have don't Pretty have pitching. as much talent talent as some of the other teams. Um, I do think this is kind of the closing of the window for the Brewers. I, I don't know how long Corbin Burns is going to be there. At some point in time, they're going to have to trade him to replenish their their farm system. So their Good window point. could be closing. The Pirates are going to get better. They're certainly not, I'm sorry. They're certainly not going to sign Corbin Burns for what he's worth because no. the Brewers just don't have the money to do that. So, and you mentioned the Pirates. The Pirates have a lot of young talent. That are that are waiting in the wings, Paul Skeens, Tamar Johnson, right? Those type guys. And oh, Paul Skeens could be pitching next year. Yeah, Ooh. the Skeens legitimately will be pitching in the MLB next year. I'm there. I have faith that that'll happen. So yeah, Great. I mean, I think I think the Cubs are in the most unique position here. The Reds, we know how much talent they have and what they could be. We'll see where that goes. We assume they're going to get better. So, I mean, for me right now, I mean, I think the Cubs are kind of the clear winner in that division. I do think the Reds have the potential to be the number one team in that division. (laughs) But but the Reds need pitching. And, you know, they they need Hunter Green to be that guy. They need Lodolo Mm -hmm. to be that guy. And they haven't been. So until that happens, I'll remain with the Cubs. Yeah, uh, the Cubs, I think, with this move, they stamp their, we're back, uh, and we're going to take this division and try to run with it. But you've got to put the, the players on the field to run them. Before we jump into the, the rest of the free agency period, there's still a couple manager jobs that are open. And the thing that happened with Council was he was the third manager to be announced on that day. It was Monday. The first one to go, and this was when things started to like, what the hell's going on? Uh, the Yankees, I believe, bench coach goes over to the Mets. And then mm-hmm. Stephen Vogt, who just retired after the 2022 season out of Oakland, he's now the Cleveland Guardians head coach or manager. I like and that signing. 
No, it's a, it's a sneaky good time. Catchers always seem to be a good manager um, down the road. And he, I, I think he kind of was player manager in a way, doing some coaching things when he was playing for Oakland a couple of years ago. But those are two landing spots that made sense for council, especially the Mets. So I was kind of like, oh, he, yeah. he must be heading back to Milwaukee. Right. Yeah, the relationship with Stearns there, you know, kind of led everyone to believe that was where he was going to go and the Mets were going to pay him. And my assumption is the Mets hired Carlos Mendoza. Once they found out that Council was not going to sign with them, you know, I don't know. Maybe the Mets didn't offer him what the Cubs did. It was seven million from what I heard. Seven million? Oh, yeah. Okay. You know. Yeah. Who knows, man? Um, it looks I love a bit. The it lo- the looks of it, it seems that though it wasn't, it was money for council that sold him, you know, yeah. but he also is a Midwest guy. He's got, I think, kids in high school in Wisconsin. I think he he's grew from. up in Whitefish Bay. Yeah, just north of Milwaukee. Yeah. So it's home. I think he went to Notre Dame. Yes, he did. And I don't know if he saw, his dream job was to be the manager of the Cubs. That's beautiful. So when you find that out as the Cubs and he's available and you make it work. Right. So he goes to the Cubs on Monday. I believe it was yesterday. It was announced that Ron Washington is now that new head coach and manager for the Los Angeles angels of Anaheim. I think that's a fantastic hire. That is a good direction as long as it doesn't snow there. Um, But (laughs) You trying to figure Wes? out what I'm talking about, Wes? Uh, no, no, no. I, he's he's hurt. He's hurt by Ron leaving the Braves. So. No, I mean for for Wash, it, it was only a matter of time. I'm honestly surprised that it took this long. The this fact long. that he was with with the Braves for seven years, seven. yeah, blows my mind. Um, <laughs> Blow. What? Yeah. <laughs> Wash is one of my favorite people in baseball, man. I legit have a photo with Ron Washington. It's my profile picture for like four different social media sites. You know, you know social media. Yeah. So <laughs> I think this is a great hire for the Angels. I'm impartial on it for Ron Washington because I don't think the Angels are going to be any good anytime soon. Mm-hmm. And Wash is 72, 71. So Dang. for me, I, I felt like he was going to get another opportunity to manage. And that might be his last opportunity in baseball. So I hate to say this, like, is Ron Washington going to manage the Angels until they're good again seven years from now? I don't know. I, for me, I, I felt like this might be kind of like a retirement plan for Ron Washington. You know what? Good for him. He deserves mm-hmm. it. He deserves the opportunity to manage. I hope he can do something with the Angels team because uh, Phil Nevin couldn't. Um, who, who else was there? Sosha before that. Sosha was there. Uh, Brad Osmus was there too. Osmus was there. Like it's just been this revolving Joe. door. Joe Madden was the one I'm missing. This is a right. revolving yeah. door of the Angels. So hopefully Ron Washington can, can turn that around. They certainly don't have much to work with over there. They just traded all their top prospects for <laughs> nothing. Um, <laughs> this does lead me to, so this is the one point I wanted to make on this. This does lead me to believe, obviously we don't believe Shohei Otani is going to be there, but this leads me to believe that they're going to get into trading trout. Like they're going to explore the idea because I don't think, I don't think you keep trout. They don't have any prospects. If, unless, and Ron Washington is the type of guy that develops young players. 
That's what he did with the Braves. That's why he was so successful. So my guess is they're going to try and get as many prospects as they can and let West Wash try and develop them the way that he developed a lot of the young Braves players. The, on, the only thing I can think about Ron Washington is in the movie Moneyball where Brad Pitt turns to him and goes, tell him, Wash, it's extremely easy. And he goes, it's extremely difficult. <laughs> <laughs> it's like anybody can play first base. It's really easy. Tell him, Wash. It's extremely difficult. I didn't realize so, that was Ron Washington in mm-hmm. that point. That's the character mm-hmm. that he's playing. Yeah, it wasn't the true Ron Washington, right. but that's yeah, who he yeah. was playing. Yeah. That's uh, awesome. <laughs> good for Wash. Uh, he deserved a job. Um, he got screwed out of a World Series in 2011 by David Fries and Nelson Cruz. And then since then, it's kind of been a tumultuous downfall from there. So still a couple of job openings. Now there's a Cubs opening. Uh, or not a Cubs opening. The Cubs Brewers. got rid of Ross. The Brewers obviously have the opening. And then in San Diego, there's one more team in there. Or is that it? Uh, yeah, San Diego, Houston. Brewers, Houston. Houston is the other one. I thought there was. I thought there was there four. were six last week. And then the Cubs job opening and then closing kept it at six. So, yes, I believe there's three with the Angels' job closing. San Diego, Milwaukee, and Houston. Um, who goes where? Uh, I've heard Benji Gill is a name in San Diego. He coached the Mexico team. You know who's a sneaky name? I don't think I've heard many people talk about him yet. Mark DeRosa. Oh. I would like that. He coached in... The World Baseball he was the Classic team he was USA. manager, right? Yeah. Mm. So he wants to do it. There were rumblings about him potentially interviewing with the Cubs back in 2019, going into 2020 when David Ross got it. I think he would be a great manager. Um, I just don't know if that's going to happen this year. The Astros need someone, I think, that's done the job before. And they're going to want someone yeah. who wants to come in there and, and be able to take the, the heat of cheating. Right. Yeah, the, I think that well, the, and they got a lot of veteran the, presence too. Yeah, it's the yeah. the high it's the high paid players that are there that you kind of have to and the personalities. It's not a yeah. young team, right? Like they they have a lot of veterans on that team. So, yeah. Uh, Which job would you want if you're a manager? And you got the Brewers, you got the Padres, and the Astros. I think it's easy to say the Astros because of the, the success they've had, what, seven straight NALCSs and how many World Series appearances and championships. But I'd probably say the Padres just because you know that that guy's going to put the money out there. You've got a great lineup, right? Like that was the talk was this past year was the, the talent's there. It's just the gelling of that room and how much of that was Bob Melvin just not being able to handle it or how much of it is because you just have so many different voices and so many different high-paid guys that think that they're hot they shit, so to speak. Yeah, yeah. Um, I got a, I got a hot take. I think the Padres try and keep Soto and trade Machado to the Yankees. Back to the Yankees. They got. I don't know what took weed out you're a, smoking, but I want some, man. That's a hell here's my thought process, right? We know AJ Preller is a wheeler and dealer. Uh, there was uh, reports that came out about the broken ha- uh, broken clubhouse, 
and the main piece of that was Manny Machado and that he was the guy and ran the show and nobody else kind of existed, right? And they need to cut payroll. They took a, they took out a $50 million loan to pay their players, right? So how are they going to cut payroll? They've said they don't want to trade Soto, but they're willing to listen to offers. You know, like what other thing can they do? Tatis. I've heard he's on the market. I mean, yeah, I saw, I saw I saw Tatis. I haven't seen Machado. I don't see Tatis moving though. Do you? I could see it just for the fact that that organization could be in a rough spot with him because he kind of got egg on his face what twice, right? With yep the, the bike, the bike and the steroid thing, and that could be the organization's way to just wash their hands yeah. of him. I, like, hey, we don't have to deal with him anymore. He, we, we reset that. Um, and I think that you could get a potentially bigger haul for him. He's younger. He's got more control. That's a good point. Um, he signed, what, a 14-year deal? I think it was. A thir- 13 year. Yeah. It was 13? Yeah. yeah. So 13, 14 years. So you got him for a long time. He's got another 12 years on that deal because I think last year was the beginning of it, right? Or was it two years ago? The last couple of years have all blurred together. Get this. Did you know that the San Diego Chargers have now been the LA Chargers for seven years already? No. Yeah. yeah. No. How crazy is that, right? Seven years. So that's how fast things have moved. <laughs> so I don't know how long it's been since Tatis. I feel like that was just a year and a half ago, right before he got hurt. I can see that being the guy that they move. And also, out of all the guys, that's the biggest distraction. In that locker room, right? Like, yeah, we we don't. I mean, obviously, it's there's not a lot of news that comes out about clubhouse interactions, right? It's especially in baseball, that's very highly regarded. Mm-hmm. So you don't really know what those interactions are, but I mean, I think you guys remember the interaction between Machado and Tatis when they went at each other in the dugout. You know, then this year reports came out about a broken clubhouse. I don't know what's going on in San Diego. I, I, I think, reported that here on Barrels and Barrels. Yeah, on Barrels and Barrels. Man, I don't know. I don't know what's going on in that clubhouse. Um, I feel like any manager that takes that job, it's going to be a, an uphill battle. you know. And also, I, I think it was the CBS uh, Fantasy Baseball Today podcast that I was listening to that, that basically said, does anybody question why A.J. Preller has a job? <laughs> I do. Because... Because he's done all these deals, he's signed all these players to major money to the point where they took out a fifty million dollar loan, and they didn't even make the playoffs. Any other GM is gone, except for maybe Brian Cashman, because apparently the Yankees just won't fire him. But you know, Michael, you didn't answer the question. Uh, Who do you what what manager job do you think is the best, or what would you want? I think of the Milwaukee, Houston, and San Diego, I want to go to San Diego. I still have the problem with Houston. Like you said, of the veteran, of two, the veteran players, but one is still the antics of you got to deal with the pressure. I still think that the cheating scandal stuff is still there because those players are still there. Mm-hmm. So you still have that that pressure on you of that. Milwaukee's rebuilding, like we, we talked about early in the podcast, and San Diego – like I said, you're going to get support from your front office to put players. They have players there already. They're not rebuilding, but they're re- 
retooling this offseason, but still looking to take the division. Yeah. So that'll be interesting. Uh, I assume that we'll hear by the end of this week, this podcast will drop on podcasters at uh, Friday morning, but you'll see this on YouTube on Thursday night, November 9th. And uh, don't forget to hit that subscribe button below if you haven't done that already and become part of the Barrelhead crew. As far as what we're looking at past that, we're now in a free agency. Free agency started, and as always, quiet, right? Because baseball is way different than the NFL, the NBA, and even the NHL. You don't have the, the manager or the general manager sitting on the front porch of someone's house mm-hmm. the moment free agency opens. You got to basically make it to the winter meetings before things really start to get churning. Sometimes during the holidays of Thanksgiving, you'll get some things that leak out for some minor deals here or there. Um, maybe not the biggest deals, but some of the groundworks were laid this week at the GM meetings. Now we look to the winter meetings in the first week of December. And the big thing was the uh, the qualifying offers. Seven of them were extended. Um, there were a couple of notable no's that uh, weren't extended a qualifying offer. Qualifying offer. So Tani, of course, gets one. Bellinger gets another one. And then Chapman, Sonny Gray, Josh Hader, Aaron Nola, Blake Snow. We're not surprised by any of that, right? No. No. And, yep. Are you not surprised at, at some guys that didn't get it? I think the one specifically that surprises me is J.D. Martinez didn't receive one. I feel like he had a great year. But I think – that has to assume that the Dodgers are going to make a play for Otani and free up the DH spot. That has to be the assumption, right? Otherwise, you feel like they would have gave him a qualifying offer. So, I don't know. See, I didn't even realize that he was eligible for it, and I wouldn't have even extended him one in the first place because he's 36. Is he going to be able to get $20 million on the – Open market for one year? No. What did he just sign with in LA? Wasn't it like one in 12? Or I don't even know if it was that much. Right. No, I think his age is definitely a factor here um, for his his value. But I also think the Dodgers want to just go a different direction. They want to, Otani, they want to look at other, I mean, they they could be in the play for anybody the way they saved money this last year. One year, $10 million is what his contract was coming into this year with the Dodgers. His last two years with Boston was $20 million, or 19.35. So I, I would, I'm not surprised. I would have already thought that he actually had gotten a qualifying offer. So that was my bigger surprise was, oh, he was eligible. He didn't get it just because he's not worth 20.33. And I think he would have taken it. I think he liked his time in L.A. in one year, $20 million. It's hard to turn that down when the next contract offer, you could potentially get what Justin Turner's got in the last couple of years, right? So the the one that surprised me the most was the Teoscar Hernandez. I know he had a down year in Seattle, but you traded for him. For him. For right. the potential of getting this draft pick back for him. I don't think he's worth the 20.3, but he's young enough that I think he would have still declined it whether or not he got it and still would have tested free agency. And I think that that's a miss by Seattle. But, I mean, it's, it's well, I'll find out what he gets here in the next couple of weeks. But that was the one that surprised me the most. The other one was Jorge Soler, um, just because I think the Marlins just Marlins on that one. They, we're not going to offer anyone well, $10 million. 
have they did they have they hired a GM since Kim Ng left? I don't believe so. No, I don't I believe they so. have, right? So whoever's making decisions over in Miami. The owner. <laughs> I mean, it's a, there's a clear gap there, right? Uh, Kim Ng took the Marlins, and we've talked about this, from the laughing stock of baseball to uh, an actual playoff team in three years. So mm-hmm. and they don't have that person Thanks, you know, driving the ship. Thanks. I don't. He's, eh. <laughs> no, I'm saying like she, she got Jeter out of there, and then all of a sudden they're oh, going, yeah, right, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. I think the age came into the factor for Teoscar. Um, they, they, yeah, they, he's 31. What I meant to say is, he, I don't think, would have taken it, being his age. Right. He's looking for a multi-year deal. His last big multi-year deal. I, he's thirty-one. I think at thirty-two, you're not. That's a that's a big year difference. I think in baseball, thirty-one to thirty-two. Uh, if you're not a superstar, so I think he could be looking for like three to four years mm-hmm. kind of deal right here at thirty-one. At thirty-two, that puts you in the thirty-six, thirty-seven years old. That's where you start looking at JD Martinez here. Right. Um, Jorge Soler, I think, once would have wouldn't have wouldn't have accepted it. Same reason. He's looking for a multi-year deal. It's his yeah, time for he's, it. He's 31 this season. He hit 250 with an 853 OPS, a 128 OPS plus, 36 home runs, and he drove in 75. He was really the only power on that team until Josh Bell and um, Jake Berger arrived. And I'm still surprised that they didn't do it just because you're going to get picks back if he doesn't take it. And I don't think he would have taken it. Right. He's made his money. I think when he got signed out of Cuba, it was one of the biggest Cuban signings ever. Right. Like they had to pay him a decent. He won the Braves World Series. So pay the man 50 million. So those are a couple of notables. Um, a couple other notables that were either not renewed by their team with a mutual or a just team option, Joey Votto, um, which would we'll go into depth here in a second. And then Marcus Stroman opts out of his deal with the Cubs. I wonder if he's upset now. I wonder if he would have made that same decision knowing that Craig Council was going to be the manager. Because that came out two days before Council. He opted out two days before council was signed, right? Yeah. So, would he have made that um, same decision? Because he's not. I don't think I, Strowman's going to get the same amount of money. I don't think he's going to get. I, I. I don't know unless he just sees that the pitching market is so hot this off season. I, I, I'm so, kind of confused. So Strowman is what 32 years old. So this is going to be his final big deal. He's going to get three years, and I would say he's probably going to get $50 million. So I think he's going for the bulk lump sum of guaranteeing money for three more years than the one year and $21 million it would have been, I think, for his um, yeah. player option. And I think he's going after his, after his performance last year, which was pretty good in the first half since we're now counting halves in baseball. Hey, in first, I was just about to say. I for the first half, he, had, he was – Three or four pitchers in the NL, and he's banking and on. He went that. to London. Yeah, and something happened. 
think he got a hurt hip on the plane to London because ever since then he was trash. He had a blister in London. Then he went on the IL with a hip injury at the end of July. Then as he was ramping back up, he came up with some weird cartilage fracture in his ribs or something like that. Then they were like, yeah, he's not going to pitch again this year. And he came back and didn't pitch well. But I will say he gutted it out to try to come back into a playoff race. Um, yeah, I don't think he's going to get a ton of money. I'd probably say 3-45, and 3-50 and 50 would be the range, maybe even 3 for 60. He could be there. Some team may throw it out there. He's he's a good enough three for a rotation. If you were the Yankees, you would probably pay three and sixty for him. Well, and he's always said that he wanted to pitch for the Yankees. When he went to the Mets, he was uh, he was upset because he wanted to pitch for the Yankees. He was hoping he got traded to that side of New York. Hmm. So strong. I remember. Out. I remember a story coming out about that. Yeah, there's been a lot of places that say he's a cancer in the clubhouse. He never had that whatsoever in the Cubs organization. He was always a pretty well-regarded clubhouse guy. Uh, I know things went sour with the Mets, but uh, and even a little bit in Toronto. But his time with the Cubs, good, not great, but good enough for what they paid him for, right? It wasn't like he got $100 million, I don't think. Right, wasn't it three and sixty or three and seventy four or whatever it was? So, uh, another name that got um, non tendered, I believe, was Tim Anderson, um, let go by the White Sox. Jackie Robinson, he he had a rough year. How about the comments though made by the general manager Chris Getz? Did you hear these? No, Where this is said, why this is why I wanted to talk about this. He goes, I do not like our team. Yeah, just straight up. He was like, I don't like our team. How often do they, you hear a front office guy say that? I, so. And he's the new front office guy, this, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, you know, well, he was hired. He's the Pedro new Ruffle. general manager. He's been in the front office for a long time. Is player development vice president, I believe, for the minor leagues. And he was the minor league coordinator for a while. So he's new in the role, but he's been part of the front office. But yes, for all intents and purposes, new front office member. So the for the dumpster fire that the White Sox were last year, I guess there was obviously a switch in mindset somewhere along the way because they didn't trade the guys at the deadline. They didn't trade Tim Anderson at the deadline, even though the Dodgers seriously needed a shortstop and they were connected, right? They didn't trade tim anderson and then they declined his option and they got nothing for him i mean not that you would have gotten much for tim anderson but you would have gotten something um so and i think there was reports that they wanted to keep tim anderson because they were planning on being competitive in 2024 so they then they declined his option and now you see that eloy jimenez is available you see dylan season trade talks like Man, that was a, a a big change in mindset for the White Sox, and maybe Getz is right. He's like, I don't think we're very good. We need to tear this thing down and start over. Yeah, the one thing I'll say about it at the deadline, they kept Tim Anderson, but that was with Rick Hahn and Kenny Williams still at the helm, um, and they got fired back in late August, a couple of weeks after the deadline. So um, maybe that was their plan. I when Tim was good, Tim was great. Like he 
was fun to watch. He made flashy plays. He was the catalyst in that White Sox team when they were good. There was a statistic when he was out of the lineup, the team was like 20 games below 500. And when he was in the lineup, they were 30 games above 500 just because the way he glued that lineup together. Um, he could be a good fit. I think wherever he goes, he's a second baseman now. I don't think he's going to get another but a starting shortstop gig unless he's going to a team that's not competing, and that doesn't seem to me the way that Tim Anderson would go. But So the other one I want to talk about is Joey Votto. I mentioned it right off at the top of this segment, but he got, for all intents and purposes, it was a $20 million team option with a $7 million buyout. So it was a $13 million decision. Is he worth those extra $13 million? Probably not. I'm not surprised Cincinnati Reds fans were freaking out. Oh my God, he's been here for 17 years. But if you look at wow. it the smart way, hmm. that team doesn't spend money, number one. Number two, he can still come back. But the way the general manager stated it sounded as if there's not going to be a reunion. He said something along the lines of, I just don't see how much time there will be for playing time for Joey with the amount of young guys that we already have on our roster. I'm not closing out the potential that he could return and we could come back together, but I just don't see a ton of playing time, which I don't, I wouldn't either, but I think that it would be a perfect swan song season for him to return in a role, as we mentioned a couple weeks ago, and I won't dive too far into depth, but what teams make sense to you, Wes, Michael? To, to grab a Joey Votto. I'll be honest. I don't know that there are many teams that make sense. What about the Angels? Because they have only have no, Nolan Schumel and Jared Walsh there. Yeah, they're going to let Shenwell run. Well, with that. Platoon, platoon with him because Votto is not going to go anywhere and play 162 games. Shenwell's um, a, lef- a lefty, though. Is he? Yeah. Okay, we'll scratch that then. I'll, so, I'll double check. I'll double check that. I'm, what about what, what? What about the Mets when Pete Alonso mm-hmm. gets traded? Nope, Joey's not going somewhere that they're not competing. You don't think the only thing that Joey's got left job? to come? I don't. I don't think Joey's going anywhere but to ring chase, because Joey Votto has accomplished everything else in his career that he needs to accomplish except winning a championship. And that was what was driving him back this season was the fact that this Reds team was competitive. Here's a – Michael and I have already talked about this one, but sleeper one for you, Wes, the Chicago Cubs. Well, they're doing everything they can to not allow Matt Mervis to actually go play. So, yeah, that <laughs> makes sense. Here's my thought. He's not going to be playing every day. You platoon him with Matt Mervis. I don't care that, that they're lefty-righty. You can DH them both in the same lineup. Votto's got the veteran presence on a team that really only has Dansby Swanson and Neon Gomes as a veteran lineup, at least on the position player side of things. He's not going to cost the arm and the leg. He knows the division. And... The Cubs need lefty thump in the lineup. He still hit 12 bombs, I believe, in however many games he ended up playing in less than Injuries half. Injuries season, yeah. Right. So he's still got the power. He's not going to be a cancer in the clubhouse. He wants to win. And the Cubs seemingly are taking every other guy from every other divisional 
opponent right now. That's if you don't go and sign Cody Bellinger or go trade for Pete Alonzo. But my thought on if you're trading for Pete Alonzo, there's a good chance he's going to free agency no matter what at the end of the year because he's a Boris client now. Yeah. So you're going to have to reset the position as it is. And most likely if you're trading for Pete Alonzo, Matt Mervis is going over in that deal. So then now you're stuck without a first baseman. I think Mervis gets traded. Joey Votto is the perfect guy, I think, to create Matt Mervis into the next Joey Votto. I got one for you. Blue Jays. Hear me out. He's from Toronto. He's a Canadian. He's a Canadian. Absolutely, he would give a hometown discount, right? You Not that Vlad Jr. will ever platoon, but you could DH. You could swap DHs. Um, mm-hmm. You can get left, be more lefty in the lineup when you need to. DH Vlad when he needs a day off his feet. Is Brandon Belt still there, or sense. did he sign a one-year deal? I thought he signed a one-year deal. Yeah, I think uh, Belt's out. Okay, so that would be a perfect replace Brandon Belt. That's another great spot, I think. Yeah, that makes but. sense for the hometown piece. I, I mean, I, I Brandon, I like I like your spot bringing Vado over. The Cubs aren't. I don't think they really truly believe in Matt Mervis. I think that you would have saw Matt Mervis at the major league club longer with and more get more playing time. If so, he spent I think too much time in AAA to, for the Cubs to be believing in him. Mm-hmm. But that's a perfect guy for Joey Votto to come and mentor him, right? He's a very similar player, lefty thump, who could use some walks in his game. And Joey Votto was a gold glover earlier in his career. Why couldn't he teach Matt Mervis what he did? Just just throwing it out there. It was one of those where I was driving yesterday. I was like, this kind of makes a little more sense than I would have expected it to. Yeah. So those are the kind of guys that didn't really get their uh, contracts renewed or they got non-tendered, et cetera. Uh, as we move on, um, Brian, Brian Har- uh, Brian, Bryce Harper, um, going to get the full-time job at first base. That means Reese Hoskins is not coming back to Philly. What do we think about Reese? Where is he going to go? We didn't see him this past year because of the ACL. Um, what's the market look like for him? Is it a one-year kind of deal? Yeah, I, I think it uh, it sucks for Reese Hos- Hoskins. Just the timing of the ACL, and I think it's you know Bryce Harper making the move over. I think he's going to have to sign a one year deal with maybe a team option, a one year prove it deal, and then the team can decide whether he gets another opportunity. I'll be honest, I don't know where he ends up. He might could end up in a place like Seattle where. You know, Ty France wasn't necessarily great there, and he could provide a little more thump in that lineup. Uh, you're losing Tioscar, so maybe that makes sense in my mind. Who's yeah, the first place? Who's the first base in Milwaukee? Did they trade for Carlos Santana at the end of the year? Yeah, but yeah, did they he did. Sign a one-year deal, or was it a multi-year deal when he signed with Pittsburgh? Part of me feels like it was three years, so he might have a few more years with Milwaukee, but he's also a lefty primarily. He's a switch hitter, but yeah, I think he's but bigger. I googled Carlos Santana and the, the guitar player. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, Rowdy Telez is their first baseman. Oh, he's right. a, and he's a, yeah, but he's a lefty, and mm. he he's more of a pitcher. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, that could, I mean, that could make sense, right? Like, if you're the Brewers, you're, I mean, you look, you're looking at your time with Corbin Burns. Like, that clock is ticking. Like, your window is closing. You think they could move on from Corbin this winter if all, if the pitching got that hot? Because everybody's asking for pitching. Strowman opted out thinking. I think there's too more. many options, though. I think there's too many pitching options out there. Yeah, or you everybody get the best needs run. it. Yeah. True. You're right. You you would want to if you would want when supply was low, put Corbin right. Burns out there. I think he could be a great arm at the deadline, honestly. Because what do teams overpay for at the deadline? Arms. Starting pitching. Yeah, that's where you normally see teams spend the most uh, prospect capital. I could. I, it depends. It, we'll have to see who they hire as a manager, right? Because I think that that'll really tell you who yeah. and what that they're looking. I don't think that if they hire David Ross, that it's a rebuild type of thing. Because um, I do think Ross will learn from the job as a Cubs manager in his next job. Uh, Andy Green could go up there too because he's it interviewed for a couple of different jobs. Um, Bruce Hopkins, I don't know. I mean, who's the first base in Colorado? They seem to throw out some deals that doesn't make sense. That would be a good spot for a power hitting guy to try to boost his numbers. That would be a great, uh, you know, thought for him uh, on a one year prove it deal. Like that would be a great place to go. Did I see Chris Bryant as first base? They're talking. I I thought I had heard something, but that is assuming they're moving Nolan Jones to the outfield full time. Because otherwise, Nolan Jones is the guy at first. I thought Nolan for Jones was third base. Yeah, it, I thought Nolan Jones was third base. No, yeah, that's fine. He, he was, and that's he was another name as a Cubs fan, as we stay Cubs centric. That's a sneaky name for the Cubs to potentially try to go after for third base if the Rockies will make him available. Ryan McMahon, I think he's got four years left on his deal. He hit 25, 26 home runs last year, runner up for a gold glove. He's a lefty. 28 years old. Yeah. That's a sneaky one to watch. There's no rumor or anything. It was just something that also popped in my head yesterday driving because a five-hour drive is a long time and just trying to fill holes. The Cubs have two holes right now. It's first base and third base and then starting pitching. If you're going to fill that and you don't want to break the bank on both positions, you find someone who is on a team – that may want to look to offload some money. Not that his money is huge, but $50 million over the next four years, that would save the Colorado Rockies a couple couple million bucks here. So let's let's go back to Harper, though. Do you, okay. you feel like him moving to first base kind of prolongs his uh, peak, so, yep. to, so to speak? Um, and then, you know, the Phillies also came out and said they're open to listening on offers uh, on Castellanos. Now, MLB, the way the MLB wrote it sounded like the reason they're lis- listening on offers is because he hit 213 in the playoffs. I'm not sure how that happened, considering how hot he was against the Braves, personally. But, <laughs> I mean, I don't know. What's your thought on, on like, the, the Harper-Castellanos thing? Because now, if Harper's at first base... 
whoever they get to replace Castellanos essentially has to be better than Hoskins, right? Like that's that's kind of my thought process. Was Harper bad in the outfield? No, I, I just think, think that you know. his I mean at first base his arm's not gonna be as much of an issue as it would be in the outfield, right? Uh, yeah. also it's not like first base is a terribly taxing place to to play. As West I think that's did. it. And he he did very good at the position for never really playing it. And imagine what he could be over the next couple of years. Was it Dombrowski? I think he said that he could see Harper turning into a gold glove first, gold glove caliber first baseman yeah. with some extra oh, time there. So He's the type of guy that's going to legitimately work himself into being a, a gold glove caliber right. player there. I mean, and he's a supreme athlete, right? Yeah. I mean, he, he's top 1% athlete, so... Yeah, wherever you put him, he's going to be one of the best at that spot. Um, I think I don't. I think it would be weird for them to try to move Castellanos unless they're going for Mike Trout. Ooh, right? I, that's the only reason know, you we move Castellanos. That's the only reason you move Castellanos because then it frees up some money Ooh. and some space. Okay, all right. So we're we're talking a little bit here. You're thinking Castellanos of Angels. I'm thinking Castellanos, and I'm thinking probably McAble, Andrew Painter. One of those two guys will probably have to be in that deal to the Angels for Mike Trout. Mike Trout goes to center. Ooh, I kind of like that, man. I like that. I'm in for that. I want to <laughs> see. I mean, God, I'm a Braves fan. And I'm excited about the Phillies. That. Uh, this is sacrilegious. I, but knowing Trout is like a Philly guy at heart, you know, like he is born and bred Philly. Man, that'd be that'd be real fun to watch as a baseball fan because that just doesn't happen that much in, in baseball. Yeah, go back to 2011, 10, when Trout and Harper first came up, and you would never imagine they'd be on the same team. <laughs> mm. Right. Yeah, if you told me that Trout and Harper were on the same team, I'd be like, yeah, that team's winning the World Series. Now, the Phillies do need, need need pitching. To move on from a top pitching prospect and painter would be tough, but you are getting Trout. Best player in the game. Yeah. yeah. I could see them trading Abel um, because they haven't really given Mick Abel the opportunities you thought they would. Painter is going to be real tough to move on with what he did in the minor leagues. Obviously, he's coming back from Tommy John, but... To get a trout, though, I mean, I know that I know that trout hasn't played, I think, above 120 games in like the last four seasons. But man, it's Mike Trout. That's that's hard not to. It, that, that's tough. Yeah. Sticking with the Phillies and Michael, you mentioned they need pitching. They have a pitcher who just became a free agent. We touched on him last week, and we I think we all agreed that we thought he was going to head back to Philly. But the more I read, the more I don't think that that's going to happen. And the more that I read about it is a lot of people are saying that he might be the third best free agent available. And that's ahead of Cody Bellinger and Blake Snell. And that's Aaron Noah. I, and the more I look into it, the more it kind of makes sense. I, I think Nola's better years are ahead of him. I don't think he's had his best years. I think he's went through his roller coaster a little bit of getting the league adjusting to him. 
I think the Phillies had a great pitching coach that they worked with Wheeler. Wheeler and Nola had very similar mechanics to finish the year. As you watch them in the playoffs, they both had similar mechanics in my eyes, and I think that's just great pitching coaching there. Um, but Nola is still, I think, on his way up, and I think a team that gets him could be yeah. a deal. I think the thing you're getting with Nola is guaranteed innings. He's oh, he's been he's been a, about as reliable as there is in baseball. On he's going to throw you 200 innings. You know he had a down year if you look at it this year, but man, he's an innings eater. He is the definition of it. And if you're the type of team where you don't quite have that, or you have a young rotation, or you need somebody, just anybody to eat innings for you, Aaron Nola is the guy, right? So. Um, yeah. 2017. Let's start there. That was his first full time in the big leagues year. 2017, 27 starts. 2018, 33 starts. 2019, 34 starts. 2020, 12 starts in a shortened season of 60 games. He started 12 games. 32 in 2021, 32 in 2022, 32 in 2023. He's gone 168, 212, 202, 71, 180, 205, 193 for innings pitched. That's a workhorse, and that's a veteran who's going to come onto a team and show you how it's done. When you don't get those kind of innings, look at Blake Snell. That was Michael and I were on the Bums and the Bleachers podcast earlier this week, and we were talking about Blake Snell. This year, what did he throw? Like 165 innings? The dude in his career has never seen the eighth inning. So you're getting more theoretically innings than 20 to 30 more a year out of. Um, oh, he threw 180 this year, so I'll give Snell his flowers on that year. But the most he had ever thrown other than that was 180.2 in 2018. Since then, 107.50, 128, 128. So, yeah. yeah. No, I, I, I like I, I like Aaron Nola. He's got the frame to be a frontline pitcher. He's I think the guys who have that taller, taller stature typically last longer in the league. They don't mm-hmm. have to fight their own phys- physique, you know, and so, the guys who are like 5'10", more. Even, oh, go ahead, Wes. To me, and we're talking about rotations that might need that type thing, and I hate to keep talking about this team because we feel like everybody's going to sign with the freaking Dodgers, but look at the rotation. Bueller's coming back from Tommy John. Uh, Kershaw just had shoulder surgery. We have no idea what he's going to do, right? The other four guys in their rotation are Bobby Miller, Pepio, Sheehan, and I'm missing one, but they need innings. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And it just seems like a perfect fit for the Dodgers. Uh, oh, Dustin May, I think, was the other guy that was coming yeah, back. But he oh, yeah. Had, he, but he just had arm surgery, didn't he? Arm surgery. Did he have a second Tommy John? I think so. Didn't he, he go out him. with a – yeah. You know, Dustin I mean, May. Aaron Nola just kind of seems like the perfect guy to go to the Dodgers and just give them a Band-Aid – until the younger guys can kind of get there, you know? Yeah, he's probably not pitching in 2024 due to elbow surgery. That's what it says, mm-hmm. Dustin May. Yeah, I, uh, I think I think whatever team gets Nola is going to get his better years. Cubs. Yeah, I, don't I, know, I would love it. Nola or Yamamoto? Uh, Yamamoto, oh. he's 25. Yamamoto we haven't even 25. talked about this guy. We haven't even he did talked last about week for a little man. bit, but 
I don't know. Uh, I, I I feel like Nola is that guaranteed thing. You don't know if Yamamoto is going to need need elbow surgery as soon as he comes over. It seems that's typical. They come over to get their surgery, and they're out for their first two years pitching. Um, I think Nola is more of that guarantee that I think could be an ace. So the one thing I was going to say about that, it, it is – you're right about the Japanese pitchers coming over and having Tommy John. And I believe to me, it's because of the way the baseball, they play with a baseball that's a different weight in Japan mm-hmm. and different material. I think uh, the MLB baseball is um, bigger raw, rawhide. And I think the one they use is God, don't call me. I think it's like horse hide or something. Oh, I'm not sure. Yeah, <laughs> but anyways, I I don't know. I mean, Kodai Singa came over. Obviously, Shohei Otani came over. You Darvish has been here for a long time. I mean, if we're going back, we're talking about Dice Kings, Matsuya. You know, um, who's Tanaka. the guy from the Yankees that disappeared? Yeah, yeah. Tanaka. Tanaka, which he, he just like disappeared off the face of the earth. Um, there's there's rumblings that he's he only could 25. be back in 2024 somehow in some way. And. So this is a perfect segue. I th- I love Yamamoto, 25 years old. I think he's going to end up like at a at the Yankees, Mets, right? A team like that. Really excited. I mean, didn't he break? Awesome. Didn't he break uh, you Darvish's strikeout record in Japan? I thought I saw that. I think that's going to be great. But <laughs> it's all there's also a, me. I don't know. There's another guy that was in Japan that we should probably talk about too. Ishigago or uh Oh no no no. Pit- this guy This guy's American. Oh. 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 Trevor Bauer. Uh... <laughs> um Do yeah. you see him coming back to the MLB? The silence is no, happening. It- no, no, um, I, no, I do. I do. Oh, man. It's so hard for me to say yes, knowing the public opinion at the time. It's so hard for me to say yes, but knowing what we know now, and hindsight is always twenty twenty. I think he ends up back in the MLB. I think it's still going to be hard for him to gain that reputation back. And I don't know that he ever does, but knowing that we know now judge cleared him, acquitted him. I mean, he essentially did nothing wrong. And then he came out and told his side of the story and then provided evidence to his side of the story. And now you're like, I forgive you. I want to see you pitch again. Just don't be, just don't be a dickhead when you come back, you know? My only thing with that is I think he deserves to be back. What team is willing to take on that? It's it's not the baggage. It's everything that comes with him, though, because the firestorm of media the first few weeks, the first few months is going to be unbearable because that's all that's going to be talked about is this, that, and whatever. And he's going to be able to be like, oh, there's an NDA or whatever or all this but he's still going to be pestered about it time and time again. And when does he snap or how long are they going to be able to handle that being the story rather than the team and what team can handle that? So I got one team for you. There's one GM that's crazy enough to do it and it's in San Diego. (laughs) (laughs) And have you seen their rotation lately? 
Oh my god! If it That's on paper the rotate their rotation is bad and like it's already a dysfunctional clubhouse. You might as well yeah. throw one more in there. Like, what's the difference? <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking, I was thinking the Pittsburgh Pirates. They're not a huge market media team. He could quietly sneak in maybe there, and they need. They're, they've said that they're exploring starting pitching options. Ah. Uh... I would be opposed to that. I mean, here's the thing, right? Is I think any team is on the table for him, right? It's not like he's going to get paid 30 million a year, right? Like he probably again, again a prove it deal like Yeah, exactly. That's exactly Probably. what it's going to be. It's going to be a prove it deal, right? Now, I think he had like a 2, I think I saw he had like a 2.8 ERA this year in the Japanese league. And so, in his last 15 starts, he had a 1.49 ERA. Yeah. So, man. Cy Young in 2020. That might Ozuna, be a hot Ozuna's take. still playing, and he punched his wife in front of the cops. Aroldis Chapman's still playing. Right. All he did was shoot up the garage. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think he deserves to be back. I'd be rooting for him to have success when he comes back. There's another Japanese pitcher out there as well. I was going after was Shota Imanaga, um, which is a consolation prize to Yamamoto, Yamamoto. but he could be, I think, a 3-4, I think. But Bauer would be a 2-3 with upside of an ace if he's still yeah. Trevor Bauer. But yeah, he's also I, got I think... the potential to implode. I think that's the thing is, okay, if you get Yamamoto, you get a 25-year-old – you know, at the top of his game, you can sign him to a seven, eight year deal, you know, and he's probably going to be anywhere in the 25 to 20. What did Senga get? Because it's probably going to be pretty comparable to that. Whereas Bauer, Yamamoto? Bauer, uh, no, yeah, I'm saying Yamamoto yeah. is going to so be. So you see what the projections with. for Yamamoto are? They're ridiculous. Nine yeah, and 225. 225. Think about it, though. He's 25 years old. How old? Yeah. Senga was still near 30, wasn't he? Yeah, typically for those guys that come over from the the MPO, like they're older because they are not able to be posted until later, right. until they serve so many years. But this guy started right. in the league when he was eighteen. Senga right. got five for seventy five, and he is currently thirty years old, so five years younger, yeah. and doubled the five and seventy five, and that's ten and one fifty, and he's theoretically a better pitcher. And has more tread on the tire to go, so at least ten and two hundred wouldn't be out of the realm of a possibility. I wouldn't think. Mm. And who, like, who can afford that, right? Like, who's going to go out there? Giants probably, Padres probably, Mariners. I think Mariners, Yankees, I doubt. Boston, Chicago Cubs. Those are your six teams, I think. Yeah. And it depends on. I don't. I don't think the Phillies are paying that for him. Um, I don't think that either. They don't have a good track record. I mean, not that they have any track record, really, of signing guys from the Japanese league. No. But, well, didn't, uh, nope, he wasn't Japanese. Never mind. I was thinking Bobby Abreu played there, but in my mind, Bobby Abreu was Hideki Matsui. And, (laughs) nope. Because Uh, they both were big lefties for the, the Yankees. True. Did Matsui was with the Angels before the Yankees, right? Oh, I think he went to the Angels after the Yankees. Yankees. I think he Yankees went to the Yankees. The Yankees. Yep. Then the Yankees. Uh, 
Any other things um, you've, you've been seeing or hearing about the free agent market that you want to talk about? Um, should we, should we talk about Juan Soto? I mean, it's kind of a, it's up there in the air. I don't know. Yeah. I don't uh, know. Michael, say what you you said, uh, said the West off air about. Juan oh, Soto. so Wes, oh. as a, as a Braves fan, are you taking Juan Soto for Michael Harris straight up? All right. And for the listeners, to know, we did discuss this this off air via text uh, beforehand. No, I am not taking Michael Harris for Juan Soto straight up with their current salary and contracts. And here's why: because Michael Harris, rookie of the year, the first year, second year, I mean, did not do well in the first half, but he ended up hitting like 280, 290, I believe. And his contract, Brandon, you said it earlier. I think it was seven for eight for seventy-two. Eight for seventy-two. Whereas Juan Soto, one year of Juan Soto in the Atlanta Braves offense doesn't make it that much better to get them into the World Series again. That's not what the Braves need. They need pitching and they need bullpen. And I don't know that Juan Soto gives them what they need. Also, the Braves are going to have to pay Juan Soto $30 million a year, and then they're certainly not going to re-sign him, right? So we're giving yeah. up one of the most beneficial contracts in Michael Harris, a bona fide gold glover in center field for one year of Juan Soto. And I just don't think that that ultimately would be a good trade for the Braves. So, so me personally, big, no, absolutely I not. I wouldn't do that. A big problem with is the Braves have no help coming from their farm system. Zero help. They have their top 10 prospects are mostly all, I think eight of them are pitchers and they're all their ETAs are 2027. They're all in a ball. So the Braves don't have guys like Michael Harris, another outfielder bat to come help anytime soon. Well, their farm system is their lineup, right? They're all signed to six, seven, eight, nine year deals on a cost control. That's going to get them the next decade. I mean, who isn't locked up on that team? The shortstop, right? Yeah, that's the, the only, only position. One. Yeah. Uh, Murphy's locked up long term. Rally long term. Yep. Ozzy long term. Olsen long term. Harris long term. Acuna long term. Zuna would be the other, only other one, right? I was, well, and the other thing is, too, I think Max Fried is about to be a free agent. So that's a guy you got to pay, man. Like, that's that's yeah. your horse. Um, he's been your dude. Um, for a couple of years now. So I think the Braves got to pay him. And Brandon, you made a great point earlier about Soto, right? Everybody's talking about a sign and uh, a trade and sign. Yeah. And I, the Braves aren't, the Braves aren't going to do that, right? Like, I'm sorry. I just don't see Juan Soto being traded and then signing a deal. He's going to be the number one free agent next year. He's going to test free agency. He, right? So whoever trades for him is a, you win, you're going all in 100% for 2024 and who gives a damn for the next couple of years past yeah. that because whoever gets traded to, they're not extending him. He's going to hit free agency. As you just mentioned, he's the number one free agent going into next year. He'll still be, what What did he just play this year at, 24? He's going to yeah. be 26 hitting free agency. 
and Dude, that, his, that's insane. his agent is Boris. There is no way that he does not go into the winter meetings next year looking for a four hundred to five hundred million dollar deal over twelve to thirteen years, because yeah. he still wouldn't be less than forty years old on that deal. Yeah. Which so is there a also, team? go ahead, Wes. I think that also is a reason why it's so difficult for the Padres to find a trade partner because any team that takes him on is essentially jumping on a grenade, right? Like, Mm -hmm. I think there's only maybe two teams out there that could do it, and that's the Dodgers and the Yankees? Astros? Maybe. But I don't think he improves. But where is he going to play? Right. You get Kyle Tucker. He play. You can put Tucker in center field, I guess, or you just strictly put Jordan as a DH, DH, right? Yeah, and put one of the other guys in left field. That that's a team where it might make sense, just because look at the Astros' window. It could. It could. Their window. And their window's closing, right? Is closing, right? I don't know how much they have left in the minors. Everybody else is getting up there in relative age for the most important positions, right? Verlander, Altuve, Bregman's not a spring chicken anymore. Um, and Alpine is there, but Jose Abreu is your first baseman. And right. you're coming off of Dusty, you're going to have a new manager, and it's going to be a win now because there's other teams in this division starting to come up as well. That would be a team... Mm-hmm. Do you Man. think do you think the Phillies could do that? If the Burns. if it's a Castellanos. Oh, if it sends Castellanos over, does that save them money? I guess the Phillies would the Phillies would have to pay still. No, I don't I, I so that's what I was gonna pose to you guys was does what team does make sense then if it's simply a one year and they're not gonna extend him? I, I think that's the thing, man. I don't it's not think that they're any not team going to extend. Him. It's just I, I don't think any team will extend him because I don't think he accepts it an extension. Yeah. Unless oh, right. it is the Shohei Otani contract that everyone was talking about before the season, yeah. right? If someone decides that they want to give him ten and sixty, I don't think he turns that down. But who's giving him that? Right. Yeah. And and two like. You have to know as the Padres, because of the current situation, like Brandon said, you're not going to get much back for him. Mm-mm. You're certainly not going to get what you traded for him. So no. uh, that just puts the Padres in a really, really tough spot. Are you better off of... giving the yep. qualifying offer, right? Honestly, you might be, because then then you get a draft, you get draft compensation for that, right? And when you'll you restocking your system it. when you trade Tatis instead. Mm-hmm. Uh, Machado. Machado. I don't. I don't see them moving Machado. Michael and I were on the same page. Oh shit! Other side. <laughs> <laughs> it would normally be that way, but we're flip flopped here. <laughs> Back to normal. Um, yeah, and that's what also scares me with the Pete Alonso thing is that I don't think Pete Alonso signs a deal with whoever he gets traded to because he'll also be a free agent. And he's also – Scott Boris has only really signed extensions with a handful of players 
one of them being Steven Strasburg. And that was because Strasburg wanted to stay. And that was a whole different, and he still yeah, got that was a different paid. game. That was a whole different game. And it was a whole different, like, and that's what happened with Cody Bellinger, right? Cody Bellinger, he took free agency out over the Cubs. He could still come back to the Cubs. I don't think it happens just because of the way that this market is going to play out. And he's the best bat outside of Shohei. Um, but it'll be interesting. Yeah. I do think that there should be some yeah. moves. And I think and one team will overreact and go after one or both of them. But Yeah, and I think because the Padres are in that position where they can't necessarily trade Soto, they kind of have to go for it in 2024, right? They kind of have to, right? Like, they've, they've pushed all their chips in. You can't – I don't yeah. know that – you can kind of back out of the position they're in right now. Most teams are just going to tell you to go pound sand, you know, either give me Soto for nothing. You're going to take on most of his salary and we'll give you some prospects in return, but they're just not going to get much dollar. So they're going to have to try and re-sign Snell. They're going to try and have to sign a guy like Yamamoto. You know, they're going to try and have maybe Trevor Bauer is a guy, but like the Padres are going to have to, to go after it, and if they don't and they fail, I mean, I'm surprised Preller still has a job. I w- it would not surprise me if he's in the hot seat. Yeah. Okay, one quick surprise move from each of us as we head into the next couple of weeks. I know that that was just a... Th- I'm just throwing it out there. Um... Wesley got one. Dylan Cease gets traded. Okay. That would be a rebuild sign for the White Sox because that's the I one guy they that are. they've come out and said we're not trading Dylan Cease. Dylan Cease is not available. That's why did, it was that's why it was surprising because at the trade deadline, they did not move him last year, the trade deadline, and they could have gotten the world for him. At that point in time. Well, I say the world. They could have gotten a great return for him at that time. I don't know that they're going to get the same return now that they were at the deadline last year. So, But I, I do think that they're, they got to trade him. If they're, if they're changing mindset and they're changing course, they got to trade him. He's, he's going to bring them back the most of anybody not named Luis Robert. Shohei Otani signs with the Chicago Cubs. That's my surprising move. I've got here. I'm just reading this and I I like it. Why I'm reading it. I'm going to say it. The Brewers sign a, or sign a former player to be their manager. And it's Ricky weeks. Ooh. Ooh. They don't need a bit. They don't have, they don't need a big name because they're not, you know, all all for it mode. Does that that mean Prince Fielder is going to be their hitting coach? (laughs) Yes. Might as well bring back J.J. Uh, Hardy and uh, Corey, Hart. Corey Hart. Ben Sheets is a pitching coach. Or um, who was the uh, the right-handed um, Hispanic who uh, served with a G? A Y first name and a G. Not Yasmani Grandal. But, uh, Giovanni Gallardo. That's it. Giovanni, Giovanni Gallardo. Gallardo. Yeah. See, I, I knew the initials. You knew where I was going. <laughs> yes, I, I can see the guy. Chin strap. <laughs> 
How about Jeff Jenkins? If we're going to go down that route. Sure counts. Oh, wait, he's taken. (laughs) That's right. He chose us. He chose us. Well, that has been a a pretty good in-depth episode of what's gone on over the last week of baseball here on Barrels and Barrels, a bourbon and baseball podcast. If you made it this far, I am Brandon. That is Michael. Below him is Wes. You're probably watching on YouTube. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button below. Almost to 1,000 subscribers. And also you can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok, all under at Barrels and Barrels Pod, Twitter, Barrels and Barrels. And if you're into bourbon, you can find us on another bourbon channel. That is BNB Bourbon on YouTube. Find us on Spotify, Apple, as well as Google, iHeart, and Amazon Podcasts. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button there as well. And vote in the poll that we have on podcasters. Who do you think is going to get this guy? Who's going to get that guy? You'll see it in the poll right there on Spotify for podcasters. So go check that out. Uh, any final words, gentlemen? Nope. Nothing nope. here. I have one thing. And this is where we're at for the next couple of weeks. Yeah. Uh, this is like the dead period. Uh, sit here. At least December. At least till December. Yeah. The fact that the GM meetings got uh, disbanded for virus purposes is kind of disappointing because I wanted more news to come out. Coronavirus, <laughs> and that what it was. Yeah, Enos tweeted that. <laughs> uh. <laughs> well, yeah, sit here and twiddle our thumbs here for the next couple of weeks. Sometimes the week of Thanksgiving, you see an urge for some of those guys who want to get things done before the holidays, but uh, usually it's that first week or two of December. Uh, as we head on into the winter meeting. So be tuned in over the next couple of weeks on our social media pages right here on Barrels and Barrels, a bourbon and baseball podcast. If there is news, we will have you covered. Um, Or if there's any other rumors that are jumping out there, we will have those as well. So for Michael, Wes, I am Brandon. Thanks for watching. Michael Burns, send us home. Let's go. Let's go.